you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest. His name is John Shoemaker. That's John with a, a no H. It's J-O-N-S-C-H-U-M-A-C-H-E-R.com. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, Chris. Appreciate it. And yeah, you got my name, right? That's always <laughs> a tough one for people to get. So I uh, appreciate it. Yeah. And if you're, if you just want to Google something, just Google John Schumacher webinar and you'll, you'll find him. Um, I wanted to bring you on because a lot of people need help with a couple things that you specialize in. One of them is just kind of sales in general. And the other is like kind of structuring, especially around it, like what I would call like a sales conversion event or um, this moment or, or experience that, that kind of helps facilitate a sale. But just to the absolute highest level for the online entrepreneur, whether they're building a course, a coaching program, or some kind of online business, like what what needs to go, what needs to happen for a sale to occur in the modern online world of 2021 and beyond? Yeah, it's a great question. And we'll just keep it as high as level as I can think of first, and then we can drill down into specifics uh, in, in the context of, let's say, a marketing or a sales campaign that could be to drive people to conversation, a sales conversation or a course sale or whatever. Um, there's really, I look at things at the highest level and then we can go deeper as three elements. The first is who you're marketing to, understanding them, their situation, their, their mindset, their current worldviews, what they think about themselves and their situation, like really understanding the who at the highest, highest level is critical and then getting really good at putting together offers is like, like if you're looking at 80% of the success of a marketing or sales campaign, it's like 80% of it is like, okay, do, do we have the perfect, are we matching the right person with the right offer in an offer so good, they'd be stupid not to take it, right? Like th that's like 80% of the success of a selling or marketing campaign. And then the other 20%, are things like your persuasion skills, your copy skills, like the the frosting on the cupcake, so to speak, to make it, you know, communicating it, the messaging, you know, all these things are really important as well. But you could have all of that stuff dialed, have the wrong offer in front of the wrong person, and you're going to go, what happened? So that's like the highest level I can think of as far as what to think about before you do any kind of sales or marketing campaign. Well, I've been in, you know, online business and and online marketing specifically for about 15 years and I've recently been revisiting the offer because I yeah. it, is, it is so fundamental and foundational and it's easy to get you know kind of focused on the latest greatest tactic or um some nuance that if the offer's wrong none of that matters. So like yes. how do we make a winning offer that's a no-brainer or um, any tips and especially yeah. for the experts out there that um, they just have a pro I just noticed a lot of them have a problem with kind of coming up with a, an offer because they've just they've been in their field for sometimes many decades and they're having a hard time just condensing like 30 40 years into like a statement 
Like, yeah. so how, how do you do that? Yeah. And so I, I have a, a challenge I run called Grand Slam Webinar Offers. I actually borrowed the title and, and some of the, the the methodology. And this applies even if you don't have a webinar, but I'll, I'll share what that is. Um, I got it originally, the idea there, or the, the naming rather from a guy named Alex Hermosi. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's kind of blown him. up yeah. a little bit. He has a great book called um, $100 million offer. So that's where I got the Grand Slam title for this. But um, anyway, yeah. So I always like to say that people buy your offer. They don't buy your product or service. And those are not the same things, right? So a lot of people say, well, I sell coaching on this, or I sell a course on this or a software on this. It's like, that's great. That's the thing you sell, but that's not your offer, right? And the offer are all the elements around it that make it more compelling. Uh, and so the, how do you come up with something like that? Well, the first thing to really understand at the top is what's the desired outcome that your offer gets people? Right. So like if you have a piece of paper, let's say you get a piece of paper out or Google Doc or whatever you're doing, write that out at the top. What's the desire? The desired outcome that my offer helps my ideal customer get is X. And then below that, draw a line down the middle of the paper or the document or whatever. On one side, write the problems that would stop that person from getting the outcome and ideally problems they understand. And then the solutions that you can offer them that remove those problems. And this is kind of what some people would call an offer stack or creating like a, it, an offer that clearly addresses all of the potential problems that your ideal buyer would have to getting to that outcome and preferably as easy and with as low effort as possible. So like if you're selling a course, like I sell a webinar course, um, very meta, of course, right? Selling on webinars with webinar courses. I know what all the problems are for beginners to launch a webinar, right? Like tech. I don't know how to structure my webinar. I don't know what to say to invite people to my webinar. So I have like a checklist, a script, a swipe copy file for every single one of those problems so that when I present my offer, I clearly call out the problem and then here's the solution problem. Here's the solution. So by the time I'm finished sharing my offer, they, they understand that my offer solves all of the potential problems with as easy a button and low effort solutions as possible to getting them the results. So that I, that's how I look at putting together offers now is like, okay, what's the problem? What's the solution? How can I make this as, as simple and easy for the buyer as possible so that they can get to the result faster with less effort that will definitely make your offer more compelling. I love that. And the course itself is really just a like a mechanism of delivery. It's not what you're selling, right? It's yeah. it's, it's it's the result that they want. I think it's easy to lose sight of that and focus on the mechanism or like the what's in the box, but not yeah. like the result. And most people bear make the mistake of burying all of that within their core offer and their let's say in their course and then they only talk about the modules and the number of documents in their course and that's like the kiss of death, right? Like feature-based, like boring, like no one wants more videos and modules. People want to, to understand that your offer has elements like checklists and frameworks and swipe files. And it depends on what you sell a little bit, but, but easiest, easy button solutions that you clearly present to your buyer, that's going to make your offer way more sellable. I mean, you can, you're talking like double or as much as like 8x your conversion rate. If you can present your offer in the right way, that's a huge factor. I know you're an expert in what I call conversion tools. How does one know whether uh, like a one-on-one -on -one phone call or schedule a meeting thing versus a webinar 
versus just a sales page with no means of contacting the the company behind it. Maybe there's a contact form on, the, on another page or something, but how do we know the right conversion tool for our product or our price point or whatever? Like, or should we do them all or try certain ones, but not certain ones? How do we figure this yeah. out? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no hard, hard rule. I mean, I've heard people sell crazy expensive stuff from a document, a Google document, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard all kinds of different things. Um, some things to think about though. One you mentioned is the price point, you know, like, is this just an impulse buy like $37, a hundred dollars? People will usually just buy that kind of thing. If you have, if you, if you have a good hook, a good headline and present it decent sales page, in my experience, selling those kind of things, people will just can just buy from an email or something and, and do that. Right. You don't need to get on a call someone to sell a $30 thing. Right. So that's usually the case. Uh, for that. So part of it is price point. Uh, if you're, and in the general rule is if you're selling something, let's say under a couple thousand dollars, you can sell it directly, let's say from a webinar or some kind of a workshop or conversion event. Whereas if it's higher than that, you generally, that's something that requires a little more trust and a little more commitment from them to you. Sometimes you'll need some kind of a sales conversation, whether that's texting, whether that's instant messaging, whether that's getting on a Zoom or a phone call or something like that, um, that can be the case. But really, I've seen it all. I've seen people sell crazy high stuff from like just a document too. And so there really is no hard, fast rule. I would say if it's a lower ticket item, you look to sell it directly, like either on a sales page or if it's a little higher, let's say... I don't know, 200 to $2,000. You can sell that on a webinar or something like that. If it's higher than that, let's say it's a higher price or a higher time commitment or an energy, energy commitment from somebody who maybe doesn't know you as well, then you might want to look at actually having some kind of a conversation with that person. But those are just general rules. In terms of more general rules, regardless of whether it's a phone call with like kind of a sales structure or script or a webinar with a, a certain path you go down or a sales page, what are like the common, like and maybe using the webinar as an example, what are the, if it was like a three act play or a four act sequence or whatever, like what are the common like steps you move through in a sales conversion event that doesn't, that don't real that doesn't really change based on the medium? Yeah, I'll give you a framework. I mean, there are some slight tweaks depending on the, the, the medium you're using. Like, is it a webinar? Is it a, is it a three-day workshop? Is it a five-day challenge? Or, some, you know, there's there's different mediums. They, that does affect the flow a little bit. But as a general rule, there's, there's what um, you could call it like a demand narrative, or I call it magnetic messaging, like a messaging that pulls them towards your offer. And there's a series of things that should happen. In order to do that, um, I call it why, what, how, now. That's sort of the, the flow that people can can write down from this interview. Why, what, how, now. Uh, I'll walk through that at a high level. Um, just just remember this though, like your sales narrative, whether it's a sales webinar, whether it's a workshop, whether it's something, should be eighty percent context and insights and twenty percent content, right? Like you don't need to like, the worst thing you can do is, is share a bunch of how-to content and spray them in the face with a bunch of like granular details on these sort of sales events. Um, you'll either confuse them or you'll give them so much that they'll think that they have enough to go and try it on their own. And like either one of those will absolutely kill your sales conversion. So your sales narrative 
whether it's inside of a webinar, whether it's inside of a workshop or something like that, should be 80% context and insights and 20%. Um, and that's a general rule. There, there, it does adjust a little bit depending on what you're selling. Uh, the why, what, how, now uh, thing really is, is a high-level sales narrative. So basically why. So why why means context, right? And it's all you always want to start with context. Like why is what you're sharing with them so important? You know, what do they need to understand about themselves in their situation? What's their worldview? You know, why is the opportunity, why is their situation need to change? And why is the opportunity that you're talking about important, you know, for them? Like it's, it's, you want to start with why, right? Like before you don't just start with, here's how you do something. It's like, no, you need to give it some context, right? And some, some buildup. So that's the why part. The what part is all about teaching them what to desire. Um, so you want to teach them what to desire. And this is usually built around what I call a paradigm shift, which is basically a big idea. So it's like, okay, most people think X, but really it's Y. You know, most people think you need a two-hour webinar to sell your course, but really all you need is a 30-minute presentation with a crazy good offer and you'll you'll do just as well. You know, it's like that's sort of like a shifting of people's paradigm of what they think they need. And this is really important for you to develop for your business. It's like most people think X, but really it's Y. Most people think that, you know, like according to the research, most people think that it's your product or service that makes people loyal to your brand. But really, according to the research, according to the sales, the challenger sale research, it's how you sold the person initially that endeared them to your brand the most. Right. And it's like, that's a paradigm shift for someone who's selling like a sales system or something. Does that make sense? What I shared there? That does. That's super cool. Super yeah. So like you need to shift their thinking and when you shift their thinking, it excites their physiology and opens them up to what you're about to share with them, which is the how, which is really like a roadmap to results. I call this a roadmap to results. So usually it's like a three part, either it's linear, like a three phases to get a client from being stuck to, to getting the result, or it's three elements like of your product or services genius that helps that person. Uh, so you're kind of showing a roadmap. And then now is really like, why should they take action now? Why should they either book a call to speak with you right now? Why should they buy your program right on this webinar or this event right now? Like, why is now the time for them to take action? They understand the context. They understand what they should be desiring and how they should be shifting their thinking. You've shown them a roadmap for why for how they can get there to this newly discovered desire. Now it's okay. Why, why right now? Like, why is this the time to do this? Because we both know if people leave these kind of events, their, 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 their excitement and their momentum starts waning pretty quickly. So, so that's sort of a broad level kind of sales narrative that you can look at for your webinar or your event. Uh, it does vary a little bit depending on the medium that you're using, but and the promise of the event. But that's, on, that'll give people some ideas. On the now piece at the end, I think that's what people are most contaminated by, like closing or feeling, feeling like they have yeah. to do something pushy or whatever. What's, what's, what's a kind of a graceful why now close that anybody can do that isn't super pushy or, or just feels natural and, and it's the obvious thing to do? Yeah. So if you're, if you're just using that event to generate sales calls or something like, let's say you're selling a service or something like that, it's super simple, right? It's super easy. You just, you know, name your call, describe what the benefits to the person for booking the call, um, reiterate who it's for, 
kind of remind them again of where to go. I mean, it's super short, doesn't need to be super involved at all. So if you're selling that, it's totally easy just to invite people to an attractive sounding uh, next step with you, which is to talk with you. Uh, if you're selling directly, let's say on a webinar or some kind of an event, I do recommend that you have a fairly robust uh, you know, pitch, so to speak, or offer presentation. This is how I'm currently doing it and advising others to do it because it works, right? And so part of it is a mindset thing. You need to get past that and be able to just start. If you have a good offer that's helpful to people, you need to do your very best to describe and present that offer in a, as compelling of a way as possible, um, whether that's through an offer stack. I don't know if you're, you're probably familiar with what that is. I'm sure some of the people here uh, listening are as well. But it's really presenting all of the elements, again, all of the elements of your offer that solve all of the potential problems in as easy as possible manner to get the result for that person. And so you do need to spend some significant time. And again, this is if you're selling something directly from a webinar, let's say, or a workshop, and people are going to a sales page or a checkout page, and you're saying, go over there and buy this thing right now. Um, that is one way to do it. Having a great fast action bonus is another way to increase your conversions. What's an example of fast, fast action bonus that yeah, you yeah. throw in? So if you're a coach or consultant or course seller or something, which I imagine a lot of your audience is through your, your uh, Lifter LMS, right? A lot of them build online courses. Right. Um, giving access to you as the expert is probably one of the better fast action bonuses that you can give. I've done um, that before myself with our software and it works. I yeah. Mean, it works really well. And that it's really, if you're looking to increase your live webinar conversions, let's say like having a good presenting your offer correctly, which is hugely important. And then having it just like over the top, like presenting the fast action bonus at the right moment, just boom, it just takes people over the edge and people will rush in and buy. What do you uh, recommend your, on that? Uh, like in terms of like time, like, is that like before the call ends or within 24 hours or within three days? Like what is the time zone of that? Yeah. So I, I, before the end of the webinar uh, or okay. I'll, so what I'll usually do is I'll, if it, like I just did a webinar recently, uh, I had 730 people registered for a webinar. Um, and I had 10, the first 10 who joined got a personal, and this was a webinar and webinars, very meta yeah. first, first 10 who joined, got a personal zoom call with me to review their, their slide deck with once they're finished. For how long? Like, and I sell that for five, you know, $5,000 on the low end for like consulting companies and stuff like that. So it was like, like I sold 10 like this, you know, like, cause, um, cause it was very attractive. You want your most attractive element of your offer to be your fast action bonus. You could set a limit, like a first, depending on the size of your webinar, like 10, 10 or 15 or 20 would be one. If you have a bigger, uh, bigger webinar, or bigger events, whereas maybe the first three to five or something for a smaller event. Um, but that does push people a little bit to get in and it works. Like if you can, and that can be either like a review or an audit from you, or it could be a personal clarity session with you or strategy session or something like that. Um, if you're depending on what you sell or do, that will definitely increase your, your live conversions significantly. Um, so to answer your question, how do you sell without being salesy? I mean, if you're doing lead gen webinars, it's easy. If you're selling a course or program, you kind of have to get over it a little bit and put your best foot forward. Part of it's how you deliver it too, with your voice. And are you like this used car salesman sounding person? Or are you like somebody who understands your client and has a great offer and is not ashamed to present that offer in a, in a strong way? 
I, I've gotten to that point where I'm okay doing that, you know? So that's just me. Yeah. The first sale you make is to yourself and like, yeah, yeah. it just, that makes sense. Yeah. Let's talk about online events. And I, I wanted to talk about challenges and summits particularly. Sure. Do we think of these things as like before, like sometimes those things are free. Sometimes they're paid. Are these yeah. products or are they sales conversion events or are they part of the ladder of what we offer? Like, where do they sit? Yeah. So it depends on the type of event. Um, yeah. So you want to talk about challenges and summits, those two yeah. in particular, yeah. those two. Yeah, yeah. So those are more what I would call audience events. So like building right. your audience. So like a challenge which just for people listening usually is usually is five days. Um, it's usually a short little assignment that you drip out and then there's live Q and a around it and stuff like that. Um, sometimes you'll have promotional partners send traffic to it, or you can run ads to it, or you can promote it to your own audience, all of those things. Quick question, just on the yeah. nuance of that. Like, yeah. So with a, I've seen people use an LMS for that. So are you recommending, like if it's a five-day challenge, let's say we had a five-lesson course, do you recommend that the they have already seen some content on the day and then there's like a kind of a coaching session that yeah. follows or the content is delivered live like how is it i know you could do it lots of different ways but what do you see that works the best so so yeah so I, you can do it either way um what i'm currently doing and what i see working best and i for my own stuff and also for i collaborate with others in the industry who are like they look at a lot of this kind of stuff right um, is to um, record the, the lesson for the day. And that's usually a short video on a challenge. So like under 10 minutes with a little document or a little task for that day, and then have a Q and a session later in the day uh, to help on that specific topic get through it. to answer questions yeah. and to get, help people get through it. Plus, when you record things, people of multiple time zones and stuff like that can kind of access it and things. Um, and and the big goal also of the challenge is not only to, is to build is to have the challenge built around one promise. So, like mine is the Grand Slam webinar offer challenge. So, even if you have a webinar or not, I'm going to help you make your offer two to five times more sellable from you know from your webinar or from your online event. That's really the the promise of that. And so, I is help that people, a free or paid challenge? So I, I offer mine free yeah. and then I sell the recordings as an upgrade. So I, I'll have an upgrade for the recordings and or a VIP session after the challenge that I'll sell as an upgrade. So you can do it for, I do it for free because, because I have my, my, my joint venture partners email to it. And that gives the, me the widest net to capture as big a list as possible. And then I'll segment out the buyers based on if they want to buy the recordings or the VIP session. So there is some selling on the front end of this, but it's usually, I'm currently doing it for free. Some people are doing it for $17 or something very low ticket. Um, but I'm currently seeing the best practices doing it for free and then having like an upgrade. Um, and, that, and the goal of the challenge is to build rapport and connection. That's really the goal. Build it around one simple topic that that is a win. And you want to position your challenge as the promise of your challenge as the, the step before the thing you're going to sell after. Right? Yeah. So, so you're, like, you're kind of getting paid. If you're selling it, you're almost getting paid to get your customer in the perfect position to be able to buy from you. Right. Or if it's, it's about, free. Yeah. It's about building rapport and you want to get as many people as you can on the live sessions with you 
um, it needs to be good content, but it needs to be very light, not too intense uh, with the challenge. Otherwise people check out or they'll drop off. So it needs to be like something that's really good. Like if you're in marketing and sales, like you and I are Chris, like helping people create their offer or clarifying their big idea or something simple, but profound is so good as a challenge. And then of course the next step would be like, come up with your, your, your course idea could be for you. And then the next thing is you sell Lifter LMS as part of the solution with maybe an offer stack around that, you know, like you could do, you, you could do a five day challenge, Chris, and then look to sell your software or your programs behind that. Cause I mean, coming up with the idea for your course or the, the, the framework for your course, like, cool, I have the idea now, or I have the offer, but I, I don't know how to put it together and implement it. That's the second step. Right. And so that could be where you come in and be like, well, here's the next step. Right. And this to do my stuff or buy my stuff, you know? So you read my mind. Really- it, you're, you're jumping ahead to the free consulting part of the interview. <laughs> where, uh, <laughs> like, I think yeah. this is important for anybody watching. And this is part of the whole experts curse. And, and, um, you know, if you have like more of a complex thing, like for, for me, as an example, like I got software, you can do a lot with it. If I only have five days, and I have 10 minutes a day of content, it's highly unlikely I could get somebody to build their first course in 50 minutes or, or no. but what you're saying, what works for you, like for the webinar thing, all the webinar stuff in the world doesn't matter if you don't have a good offer. So let's get that dialed first. So go ahead. What are you going to say? The biggest mistake you'll make is, is you, is you give away the primary promise on your challenge. So like you're, in your case, it could be, we'll help you build your course in five days. It's like one, you're probably not going to do that. I mean, you would know better <laughs> yeah. than me, Yeah. but two, you're killing the next step, which is like, you know, you want people to help work with you to do that. Right. So the thing, bef- so you got to ask yourself, what's the, what's the step before the thing I'm selling that, that that's your challenge. So, and it needs to make sense, obviously. So like, again, as I mentioned for people in marketing and sales, it's usually around creating an idea or creating an offer or creating something like that so that they have the initial seed in place. And then your next step is to sell your, your stuff. So like for you, it could be like your, I know this could be cheesy, but like your six figure course idea or whatever it is. Right. And like six figure course idea could be the name of your challenge, a five day challenge on crafting and coming up with your best course, you know, or your, your signature course. Right. And that could be you. Cause you're a course, you have, you have a learning management system company, right? So that's the seed that would kill it by the way, uh, five days, you know, and then after the five days you've built some rapport, blah, 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 blah. Then you host a webinar selling an offer that could include Lifter LMS. And I don't know if you have any other training programs you probably do yourself. Yeah. Put together an offer for that. Um, you know, that that would be a, a marketing campaign that you could use. And then you could leverage partners or other traffic sources to fill that challenge. Yeah. And I think one of the cool things, I've thought a lot about this. This is something that's on my to-do list, is like I would want my challenge to be valuable, even if they it didn't is. choose my software. Like they yeah. went somewhere else. Yeah. Cause like you said, you want the widest net as possible. Like it's not a lift or pitch fest. It's like no. Let's, let's yeah. get, uh, get you further along the course you, creator path. You, you may not even mention lifter much. I mean, you could say it's sponsored by, you could have it yeah. like just subtly put through, you know, the, the six figure course idea, five day challenge sponsored by lifter LMS, or, you know, it can be like lightly seated, but yeah, you're not, it's everything you do should be valuable, right? Like everything 
you do should add to the people. Otherwise they're going to get sick of you. Right. And so, <laughs> right. Um, I agree. Yeah. You, you don't, you definitely want it to be really good, but how powerful would it be? How inspiring would it be for someone to come up with that idea, that initial thing? It's like, yes, I can see it. I have some clarity. And then now you know, I just someone, need a tool to implement. Now it. I need a tool and yeah. some guidance to right. actually create it. That's what your company does. That would, if you, you know, you could run that event a couple times a year, two or three times a year, be no problem. You could probably do really well with that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and you mentioned something, I talking to another sales professional, I wanted to ask you about this. It's come up a lot lately, just, and you even hedged it in your comment. You said it may sound cheesy, six figure course. I, I've been struggling with like, how do I say create a valuable course or a premium course? Or there's kind of a couple layers to it. One of it is there are in our industry, um, you know, business opportunity type things where you have to be careful about making income claims. And I know you're not a lawyer. We're not going to get legal yeah, advice yeah. here. But, yeah. and then there's also like people feeling a little jaded, a little burnt around, like some people call it like the, guru market or something like that like so i can, I've, i'm struggling to come up with like how do i say that without saying that and and i see some people saying things like high ticket or and i can water it down with words like premium or high value but any tips on how to say that create a super valuable course that you'll probably that is, has a high likelihood of making good money without sounding cheesy <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think so. You're asking like, how would you name your challenge or something like that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Without um, saying six figure challenge, even though that's kind of what I would want to create something that would give people a very high likelihood of being able to do that. So, yeah, no. And it partly, it depends on who you're marketing to. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, there's a lot of cheese in the, in the, in the marketing industry. Um, so maybe you don't say like six figure course challenge or something like that. Like, um, you know, it could be, you know, the, um, you know, the signature the and part of it's the headline could be like, um, your signature course challenge or create, you know, create your signature course challenge, you know, or you could even say, you know, creating your signature course or like I've had, I've had uh, workshops. I call like sell with virtual presentations. That was one of the name of one of mine. That's not super cheesy, right? but I have a good subhead too. So you don't need, like, you don't have to put everything in the headline. You can have a subhead that describes it a little bit more. Right. So like my, my next uh, workshop I'm hosting in, uh, in February is called profitable online events. Yeah. Simple. Not and then it describes easy. underneath it. It's a three day yeah. workshop where we're going to help you um, you know, select and, and, and start putting together your own profitable event, you know? So like for you, it could just be, could be profitable online courses, or it could be, you know, it should have some kind of an outline uh, or an outcome in the headline though. So, and it's clear, it needs to pass the two second test. Like, oh, I get what this is. Or, you know, yeah, Chris is going to show me how to create a profitable online course or, you know, yeah. something like that, you know? Um, so it doesn't have to be like, six figure, uh, you know, I mean, it depends on who you're marketing to some people that resonates with too. Like, um, yeah. So I found that that works fine for me. Like, um, one of my colleagues, Alina Vincent, she's a challenge expert. I think her, what's her, the name of her workshop is like uh, profitable online programs, I think is what hers is. And she'll touch, she helps you basically put together the structure for an online coaching program and, and things like that, you know? So yeah. I listen to, I'm, I'm pretty high touch with the market and my customers and my prospects. So I hear the words they use all the time. And one thing that stuck with me is uh, I heard somebody who was like, 
kind of struggling to get started and it's taking longer than they thought. They just wanted to know the the fastest path to revenue. It's mm. not that they they don't need to make millions. They just want to get it to market. And I don't know. There's <laughs> the customers kind of give you hints of what it should be. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm not a super hypey. Um, I sell with force now, but I don't. I'm not like. I don't promise the moon or anything. Right. Or I'm not, I try not to be like overly hypey or, uh, you know, and so it depends a little bit on who you're marketing to. Like what I do won't resonate as much with like the biz up or make money online crowd, but yeah. I resonate more with like coaches and, and consultants and service providers who already have a business, but they want to get more clients online and stuff. That tends to be who I work with more. That's more yeah. my my crew too. So, that's, so they they appreciate yeah. the clarity and a little more directness than like the hey, here's the best opportunity in the world. Here's like, my come. house and my car. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't do any of that. Um, and you don't have to either, man. Like, yeah. um, but the structure makes sense. But you do need to think about like what's their desired outcome. A lot of people following you would probably like to to map out an online program or an online course, and that would aligns very well with your your business, right? And so. A lot of things are how you deliver it. You don't have to be, you know, the used car salesman to do it, you know, um, challenges or webinars or a platform that we can use how we want for our own brand and our own following, you know, they get a bad rap, but that's because a lot of people use them poorly crazy ways, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you mentioned, um, uh, like working with partners and stuff. So if somebody's like an expert and they're like, okay, it, how do I get JV part? Why would a partner promote my challenge? Like, how do I, how do you kind of think about, let's say they're at the beginning, maybe I need to make a list of certain people to approach. And then what's my offer to those potential partners? Like, how do we, how do we build yeah. this machine in a win-win way for everybody? Yeah. So people partner with you for different reasons. Um, some of it is just the relationship that you develop. They like you or they like what you sell. I mean, when I started doing JV webinars back, I think in like 2014 was when I started, um, you know, the guy I was, I didn't have a list really or anything like, or, you know, I couldn't reciprocate, you know, his list was way bigger than mine, but he liked me and he liked uh, my product. So he's like, yeah, I'll promote you. And I gave him a cut of the money, you know, to promote me. So that's one way you can do it is, is to share some, some revenue with, uh, with a partner. Um, another way to do it is to do like what I call swaps. So like you'll, you'll send some emails to your list. They'll send some to theirs. It could be for the webinar. It could be for a lead magnet or something else. There's a bit of an exchange. You try to keep that as, with people that are similar size as you, but that doesn't always work out. And some people get mad about that. And some people are cool with that, you know? So, um, but I would recommend for most people out here listening, if you want to get involved in partnerships, which I do recommend everybody do because, one, no algorithm will ever screw that up. Um, it's evergreen uh, and the lead quality tends to be a little higher than paid traffic. It's not quite as scalable as paid traffic, but it is an evergreen source. Like you'll have, the, like it'll work 10 years from now as it works today, sort of thing. Um, but most people out there, I, I recommend you do a couple things. One is there are JV networks that you can join. And if you're in health, if you're in, if you're a speaker, you're an author, you're, you know, selling services or, you know, marketing, um, business, any of those, there, there are JV, there are partnership networks out there that you can join usually for a reasonable cost. Some of them are free even, uh, that you can start collaborating and, and connecting with partners. 
Um, that that's been my number one way. Like I'm in a group right now, there's 150 of us. And I, I'd say my top 10 to 15 partners are all from that one group, you know, and they've added literally thousands of subscribers and, you know, lots of money and stuff too, from, from promoting my stuff over the years. Um, so that's a great way to meet people is to, to go where they are, you know, networks, there are virtual networks out there as well that you can join. Another is to uh, interview them. So like invite them like you're doing, Chris. I mean, you've met me, you've met a lot of, I'm sure you've met a lot of your uh, just friends and colleagues and potential partners and all that kind of stuff by doing interviews, right? So like I've done interview content for a long time as well, like through my summits and and uh, I've had podcasts and stuff in the past that I've used to get to know people, right? And so I think those are two great strategies. If you're new and you're looking to grow your network, start, become a reporter, be, you know, have a podcast or it could be a YouTube series or all it is is firing up Zoom like we're on right now. There's nothing too crazy about it. And a lot of people will say yes to an interview. Whereas if you just hit them with, hey, would you promote my thing or do this? It's a lot less likely for them to, because they don't know you to do that. So um, those are a couple of strategies for meeting people. I love that. Yeah. Not, relationships take time, right? It's it does, not like, yeah. it's not as scalable place. as an ad. <laughs> you can't just flip a switch, you know? Right. right. Um, you mentioned summits there. Uh, how, how do you, I guess I'll, I say like, I've seen people do summits. It's common that with it, they're free, but then the, the replay or the evergreen is paid. Um, I know there's different ways to do it. I've also heard lately in current times that, uh, oh, people have like Zoom fatigue or whatever. But, um, you know, just whenever somebody says like a certain thing is dead, like email marketing is dead or some of us are dead or Facebook ads are dead, it's they're not dead. (laughs) But like, take us into the world of summits and how do we think about it and how do we build one or at least our first version of one that's not like, insanely huge, but how do we get, if we want to commit and we want to use that strategy, how do we get started? Yeah. yeah so I'll, I'll let you know, there are, there are a lot of work, you know, putting together an online conference is a lot of work uh, to do. So you're going to looking at like a four month, I'd say, for, especially for your first one, like around four months of work, you know, gathering up speakers, interviewing them, putting the marketing materials together, you know, recorded or do it live. Uh, I, I have, uh, the, the, the main sessions are recorded. Uh, that's how I do it. Um, and then I have live sessions throughout. So all of my, like my challenges and stuff, um, you know, same thing with the summits. I record the, like last one I did, I had 30, 34, I think, uh, speaker sessions. So I had to record quite a bit, right? Like 34 sessions. I interviewed them and we collaborated. Quick uh, question then- there. Sorry. I'm going to ask you a bunch of tactical stuff as you go. Um, when you interviewed them or how much of their content was like, they just showed up and they had a presentation that they probably have done before they're ready to go. Or how much of it was, did you have to like kind of pull the content out of them through an interview? Yeah. So it depends. I always find out beforehand, like, are you, do you have a presentation that was, is relevant to the the theme of the summit? So my summit was the webinar mastery summit. So I, so one thing is what, what do you want to be known for when you do a summit? So that was my niche, but to answer your question, I asked beforehand, uh, you know, do you have a presentation you'd like to use? Some people did. I'm like, cool, that's great. Let's screen share and do like an actual visual thing. That's a, I, I like it when they have that actually, because people can follow along a little more easily. Uh, if they don't, then we do a talking head like you and I are right now. 
in which case I, I come up with a series of, of, of questions that they can tweak on a Google document beforehand. Um, and we go through that to keep it organized. I try to keep it higher level if it's just talking head because there's no visuals. And I try to recap some of the main points as we go along, just so the, the viewer of the talking head style video uh, can extract what they can from it. So, um, but yes, we record them ahead of time. And then I do do um, usually three live sessions. Well, I make that four live sessions. I do a pre-party before the summit, and then I have three live sessions with me to answer questions and, and again, build rapport with some of these people that are coming into my audience. You know, a summit is really, so is this a make, three day event? Uh, the summit was a five day summit, five day event. So like during the work week. Yeah. Or? Monday through Friday. Okay. Yep. Yep. So that's kind of how I did it. But yeah, I mean, as far as the summit goes, I mean, think about what you wanted to be known for summits work really well in certain niches. Like Make, you know, the, the, the marketing and sales world, like you and I are in Chris, a little more saturated, right? It's a little yeah. harder to get like tons of people, but like the last one I did this year, I mean, we had 4,900 people register for it. So not That's a lot, yeah. not bad. Right. Like, and you know, a lot of those come are new people, right. Coming to me. So, you know, it, that grows my audience and my visibility. And yes, I make some sales. There are some things to sell during the summit. Um, do we but, prioritize like building an email list or an audience, or is it more about, you know, selling out the back end or both, or do you have to choose what you want to prioritize or how do you think about that? I don't think you have to choose. Um, you know, it's mostly for me, an audience building thing. Yeah. Like it's an audience event, kind of like a challenge is an audience building kind of rapport building event. And then the conversion event. So there's like audience events and conversion events. The conversion event would come later. Now I do, the summit is free to sign up for. I, I have what I call a premium pass that I offer people if they want lifetime access to all the stuff instantly. I also have an offer stack that's pretty compelling. Uh, I think we had about 8% of people take that who opted in for free uh, last year, which isn't bad for like a low ticket kind of front end offer. Um, so you can sell little things off the front of the summit, but the main thing is is is, is the audience and building rapport with them. And then after the summit's over, I would do like webinars or other things to sell the next step into what we're doing together. Um, so yeah, it, it's, you can make money from the summit directly, but usually it's more of an awareness and a um, audience building strategy. That's cool. And, and um, do you ask the, the speakers to be available at all, like during the summit or even like during the time there there's there's is supposed to drop or whatever, or do you, are they just kind of, it's the recording and they're done kind of thing. That's how I usually run it. I know others do have like panels and stuff like they'll interview multiple people and stuff. I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, yeah. my, the way I run my summits now, um, is, is like you say that I try to keep it as easy for the speaker as possible. Now, if there right. are some people that want to participate, I guess I could do that. And, you know, I'll consider that you know, moving forward, but uh, mainly it's just, you know, like you say, a recording and most of them promote the summit as well. Like, so I select my speakers based on one, are they experts in the topic? And two, do they have an audience that they'd be willing to share the event with? Cause that's how a lot of the new list growth and audience growth is coming from is, is those people's audiences. So that's how I, I do it. 
John, you've added a, a ton of value today. You really gave me a lot of clarity around some challenge funnel ideas I've been I've been playing with. So yeah, I think so you do really well with that. That'd be a great model for you, I think. You know. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, what's the best way for people to connect with you? And if you could uh, drop your name spelling again, so people definitely yeah, yeah. find it. So yeah. you're welcome to just Google my name, uh, John. That's J O N Schumacher S C H U M. A C H E R. Uh, that's John Schumacher. Uh, and yeah, you can go to johnschumacher.com. That's my primary personal brand or just Google, Google me. Um, or you can just go to workwithjohn.co. <laughs> workwithjohn.co. That'll take you to my calendar page, which will then you can click around to my website and those kind of things as well, too. But uh, my specialty is in webinars and online events from a consulting perspective. And a, and a training perspective. Um, and so that's, that's my primary focus if for people that they want to check me out more. Awesome, John. Well, thanks yeah. for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. You're welcome, Chris. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.